Hello everyone, just a quick note that this episode is dedicated to Sarah Everard and every single woman that has lost her life to the hands of a man, partner or a stranger on the street. This episode is also um, created with the intent of galvanising support to end sexual harassment, public sexual harassment and all forms of it. Thank you so much for listening. Hello everyone and welcome to the Feminist Lens podcast brought to you by Women for Wanawake. So today we'll be speaking to an incredible woman. She's a photographer, activist and founder of the podcast Cheer Up Love, Eliza Hatch. Eliza has created and supported a network of women and girls who are fighting to end sexual harassment by retelling very powerful and often emotional stories of sexual harassment on her podcast and her social media platform. As we know, sexual harassment is in many ways a epidemic across the world. And ever since the term was coined in America in the 70s, Eliza may be able to correct me if I'm wrong, women have been able to report it with greater ease, but still not enough is being done to stamp it out. Have you ever been catcalled in the street? Or maybe a colleague has commented on your skirt on live TV? Cough, Piers Morgan, cough. We are so excited to speak to Eliza about what we can do what solutions there are, and how optimistic she is about the future. So hi, Liza. Welcome to the Feminist and Podcast. Really happy to have you here. Um, so let's dive straight in. So the first question is, I know we've already just given the audience a bit of information about you, um, but could you tell our listeners maybe a bit about your journey and what made you start Cheer Up Love and, and this movement of women online fighting against sexual harassment? And just so we're clear, for those who may not know what exactly is sexual harassment, where can it take place? What is sexual harassment and is it illegal? Um, Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. Um, Firstly, I will just say that um, sexual harassment or public sexual harassment is uh, unwanted sexual advances or unwanted sexual contact uh, that can happen between uh, a stranger or a person you know in a public place and that place can be a workplace, it can be a school, it can be um, any kind of public environment like a, a bar or a club um, and it is currently not illegal in this country but illegal in uh, some countries like uh, France have just implemented uh, a law banning sexual harassment and street harassment and um, making it punishable by uh, giving fines. But how did I get into what I'm doing? Well, I was never, I never thought that I would go down this path. It was never something that I thought I would do in a million years. I have a background um, of going to art school and I then graduated and started working in set design in uh, film and TV. And I was taking photos in my spare time whilst in between jobs and i experienced something and a man walked past me and he told me to cheer up and it wasn't the first time i'd heard that phrase i'd heard it many many times before whether it was smile or you look so much prettier you look so much prettier if you smiled uh you know give us a smile love all of these kind of things um and i'd sort of experienced sexual harassment from a very young age but always always brushed it off always kind of um yeah accepted it and just thought it was normal and the phrase boys will be boys was thrown around all the time when we were at school and so it just never really kind of came it never really seemed to bother me or any of my friends because we just accepted it to be normal 
Um, but it was at this moment, uh, actually in 2017, right in the beginning, when a man walked past me and said those three words to me, that I started to challenge something that I had been accepting and brushing off my entire life. Mm. And I was just really surprised at my own reaction from when that man, that man said that thing to me, because normally I'd always just been irritated by it, but never really figured out what it was about it that was so annoying. And then I started to realise that you know, I was feeling self-conscious about my appearance and guilty for not looking happy and angry that a total stranger had just told me how to look and feel without knowing anything about me other than the fact that I was just you know, a random woman that he was passing on the street. And so this really irritated me. And I remember actually at the time I, I wrote like a Facebook status about it. And I actually went back on my memories the other day and it sort of came up and I was like, oh God, that's so weird. Seeing that memory of the first time that I sort of got really angry about something and decided to decided to call it out but anyway from that moment I started having conversations with my friends all about the normalized harassment that we experience on an everyday basis and what wasn't what was the most shocking thing about these conversations it wasn't the actual things we were talking about themselves it wasn't the incidents it was the sort of the way that we were talking about them, the blase way that we were talking about them, just like they were the most normal thing in the, in the entire world. And then it wasn't until some of my male friends interjected into that, into that conversation with their disbelief and dismissal of our experiences that I realised there was a real problem here and there was a real lack of awareness surrounding the subject. And so that's when I decided to do something about it. And I decided to start photographing and interviewing my friends about their experiences of public sexual harassment and going back to the place that it happened and using the surroundings as a stage for them to speak out on and reclaim the space and the experience and ultimately turn um, a negative experience into something positive. So that's kind of the origins of the campaign. Um, and the way it sort of works now is, I publish stories and interviews on my Instagram, Cheer Up Love, and I have a podcast which I also uh, talk about public sexual harassment on and kind of yeah, myth bust stories that are sent in anonymously from the Cheer Up Love community uh, and yeah, lo lots of other stuff too. <laughs> That's so cool. It's like so, so needed. I think um, you mentioned kind of how, because I'm me and my friends are the same like we would just brush it off when we we were younger but as we've gotten older we've gotten more pissed off um and then when I speak to my to my parents I speak to old the older women in my life they also were very similar at my age and I think until quite recently still just brushed it off and I think there is definitely an intergenerational um kind of different perception around sexual harassment and thank you for letting us know that it that it is it isn't illegal yet in this country but it, it should be and the mm. fact that it isn't is is ridiculous um so our next question for you eliza is as we know the theme of this year's international women's day i know you did a international women's day special on your podcast too which was great um and it's choose to challenge so how do you challenge the status quo in your work? And do you think of International Women's Day as more of a celebration or a protest or both? It was just interesting been hearing kind of different perceptions around International Women's Day, what it means to you. But um, yeah, what are you doing to challenge the status quo? Um, so yeah, I would say that I choose to challenge the normalized everyday sexism and harassment that we experience in our day-to-day -day lives and I think so much of that can stem from something 
really small and something that you, as you said before, would brush off and just think that the, think that was completely normal. And we can see these kind of instances in, in, in so many different parts of our everyday lives, whether that's questioning an outfit that someone's wearing, whether that's, you know, turning the narrative around and victim blaming someone for their own experience, whether that's a microaggression that someone might experience. You know, there's so many different varied ways that these everyday, that everyday sexism kind of seeps into our lives without even totally noticing. And so I choose to challenge that. I choose to challenge the way that we kind of normalize these things into our everyday lives. And hopefully, um, yeah, one day we won't kind of have to accept all of these instances of sexual harassment uh, and yeah, accept them as normal, basically. I kind of forgot what your other question was within that. <laughs> it was, um, there was kind of some chat around International Women's Day. Pe people celebrate it differently, right? Women, oh, some yeah, women the protest, protests. some women celebrate mm. and you can do both. But in terms of how, how did you celebrate the day? Just a bit interesting. Yeah, interesting. I, I see it definitely as, as a bit of a, a, a bit of both, a bit of a protest, a bit of a celebration. I think for me, even knowing that International Women's Day existed, I, I wasn't really aware of it until the past five years, probably. I mean, I'm not actually sure when it started being a thing that a lot of people kind of uh, celebrated. But for me, it started off as a, as a celebration, the, the kind of but the more political I've got and the more engaged in activism that I've got and the kind of, I suppose, the older and the angrier and the bitter I've become, the more I see it as a protest because I feel um, when I'm so engaged in the issues and I can see that there's so much work that needs to be done, you know, I'm, I'm excited that brands are jumping on board and I'm excited that everyone, you know, wants to sell you a lipstick because you're, you know, girl power and all of that sort of stuff. But also when you're kind of, working at the front of it and you're seeing so much that seeing that there's so much that needs to be done um for me i think it's probably veering more on the side of raising trying to raise that awareness get the message out there and also try to bridge the gap that you know international women's day is a celebration of women but it's not all of these things like they're not just women's issues they involve men they involve all all genders and marginalized genders as well um and yeah it's basically just an issue that needs everybody's attention and i find that sometimes it can be put onto the women like this is your responsibility this is your issue now deal with it and i think it's something that we should all deal with together yeah and i really like your point about um the normalization because i feel personally myself like this this as we were just talking offline that sexual harassment means so many different things to different people um you know depending where you live your culture you know, you're who you are. Some people don't take offense to certain things while others do. Um, and I think this is why it's really important to have you here to, yeah, raise awareness so people know, because sometimes you do walk away feeling a bit like, hmm, I didn't really like that, but you don't know whether it's sexual harassment, right? Especially if it's, sometimes it can even be your friend, it can even be your partner who says something, but they're not aware. So I think it's good to have, you know, what your, your movement you're doing. And obviously I May Destroy You, which really opened up people's eyes, definitely, Nina's and I about what sexual harassment is because I think before we weren't really aware that, in, that you know just how complicated it could be mm -hmm. um so it's kind of just saying you know if you ever do feel uncomfortable about the way someone's engaged with you whether you know them or you don't you know you need to kind of think about that and you can challenge it and not feel scared um totally. because you're probably feeling it because you it is wrong if you get what I mean um or, or harassment is taking place um so our next um, question is, um, obviously, during COVID-19, uh, we've seen a rise in domestic violence. 
Um, how has COVID impacted on sexual harassment? So we know that sexual harassment can um, take place online as well and on virtual calls, particularly with colleagues as well. Um, can you elaborate on this? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the main things that the pandemic has kind of shown recently is that women's rights have been sort of put on hold or slightly, you know, backtracked, or is it have even backtracked? Um, and women are kind of bearing the brunt of a lot of the a lot of the things that are kind of happening in the past year um, and especially in the pandemic and you know one of those things is domestic violence one of those things is um you know child care and responsibilities another one of those things is sexual harassment and there have been so many reports um, of the streets being kind of less safe now for women and marginalised genders. And there was a Plan UK report that came out during the pandemic that one in five girls had experienced sexual harassment during the during the lockdown. And it's something that I've experienced myself even uh, during this period of time. And I found it, at the beginning, I was I was thinking, oh, you know, there's not many people on the streets. This is, this is great. I can walk around and no one's gonna bother me. But then I had, um, an experience of sexual harassment on what was once a very busy road but there was no one there except me and this one other person in a van and I suddenly felt so alone so vulnerable so scared because I was just like you know if anything did happen there's no one around you know I'm completely by myself I feel you know I usually would, wouldn't even think twice about walking down this street in the middle it was the middle of the day as well it wasn't like it was at night time it was middle of the day but there was just no one there and I kind of voiced this to my online community and I said has anyone else been experiencing this has anyone else been experiencing a sort of heightened sexual harassment or scarier sexual harassment in the pandemic and the response was overwhelming so many people were saying yes you know I've, I've had people like kind of harass me because of wearing a mask I've had people say oh you know do your masks does your mask match your knickers and things like that and the kind of the whole mask wearing thing it has been a deterrent for some people I'm sure but I think it's also encouraged a lot of people as well and they've had I've, I've had so many stories of you know people asking to you know are you smiling behind your mask and you know you look so pretty under your mask this that and the other and then also there's that added element of of risk as well with people kind of getting up in your close in your personal space and you you don't want to be harassed but you also don't want to get COVID-19 and so it's just yeah. a bad combination of both of those things and as you said there's also online harassment as well which is rife at the moment um, and you know harassment on social media and I also experienced this as well I was doing a panel actually I was doing a sort of virtual event with UN Women and Our Streets Now back in November and we had this you know big online virtual event where we were going to be exhibiting these photos and having these discussions about sexual harassment at university and then the zoom got hijacked by all of these trolls and it was just mm. awful they were they were posting the most i've never even seen something like that happen before somehow they just managed to hijack the entire thing and they were drawing offensive symbols racist symbols and saying you know those horrible slurs and there was graphic imagery and porn and it was all just so wildly inappropriate and we all just had to you know log off immediately and try and set up another one but they managed to get hacked back in again and yeah the whole thing was very traumatic actually I don't think 
a lot of well i think some people had had experiences like that before with with these events and you know doing zoom events and stuff but other people hadn't completely and i hadn't completely either and because i was hosting the event you know i felt so i felt really responsible and you know really flustered by the whole thing and then we had to completely change mediums and go over to ig live but we were afraid that they would follow us there too so the whole thing was just it's just really it's a really horrible feeling it's a very different form of harassment as well but yeah it's 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 such a it's such a huge problem it's honestly so strange not strange but i mean i suppose it is it must have been so traumatizing for you i'm so sorry that you experienced that um that's the first time i've heard that has actually happened yeah. but i mean it obviously is happening because as we know with technology the law is behind technology is so quick and the law is two steps behind. And I think mm. it's it's for women like you and however we can support you and whoever's listening is to change the law and make it up to speed because mm. it needs to protect and it doesn't do that right now. Online, it doesn't do that. And it's also interesting you were saying about um, the kind of new like nuance sexual harassment around face masks. Like the other day, I, I don't know, I... I have been throughout my life, but maybe not as much as some of my friends. But then when it happens to me, I, I almost, I'm one of the ones that kind of just brush it off. I don't really, I make a joke out of it. And then mm. it takes me like sometimes a whole day to realize, wait, was that a bit strange? Like mm. the other day I was um, at the supermarket and I had my face mask on and the shopkeeper was a bit strange. He was like, what beautiful, as you mentioned, like what beautiful eyes you have, or like, what do you look like underneath your face mask? And I was Mm. like, this is so strange. Imagine if um, Muslim women, imagine this probably, it was kind of like, if you are wear a burqa or niqab or anyone, any kind of religion that covers your face and make me think like, what have those women been through for so long? If they had experienced like similar sexual harassment um, just from covering their face. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Now this has opened up another kind of ones, Eliza. So it's so good that you're kind of highlighting this. Um, and and yeah, I suppose this kind of leads on to the, nicely to the next question, which is around education. Education is key in tackling any issue, as we know. Who do you think is responsible for educating our young girls and boys about sexual harassment to a not do it and be what to do if you are a victim of sexual harassment so should it be the parents schools government or everyone yeah I mean I, I think it should be everyone to some degree I think it should be a part of sex education when you're at school I think when you're introducing the conversation around consent and boundaries from a, a really young age sexual harassment should be a part of that conversation when I was at school, I don't remember that conversation existing at all. I don't even remember the word consent ever being thrown mm. around. That, for me, is quite a recent word that's it's just not something that was even, that I even spoke about with, with my close friends when I was in, you know, 16, 17, 18. That just wasn't really a word that we that we, we talked about. You know, we, we understood what, well, we thought we understood what rape was. I don't think we actually did, looking back on it now. And especially if we'd watched I May Destroy You back then, yeah. I mean, that brought up a lot of things for a lot of people for, you know, for good reason, because some of the things discussed and some of the conversations surrounding the varied and nuanced and, you know, the boundaries and consent, boundaries and consent were just not conversations that were being had at a young age. 
and they really really should be and you don't have to sort of talk about things in such explicit ways they can be as simple as you know you have autonomy over your own body and you you should you feel uh, empowered in your own body and no one's allowed to touch that if you don't want them to and you're allowed to feel upset if someone touches you in an appropriate way all of these kinds of things that should be normal to talk about but were just not conversations that were being had at all when i was in that schooling environment and even if if those conversations did happen they were always framed in a sort of victim blaming way and so the narrative was pretty much always on the girl to change their behavior change their uniform change the way they dressed because they were the ones who were inviting attention so for instance when a girl would experience sexual harassment in class whether that's having her bra strap pinged by a boy sitting next to them or you know their their bum slapped or you know, someone trying to film up their skirt, any of these things that are obviously sexual harassment and obviously inappropriate. When I was at school and someone would raise a complaint like that, it was always the girl that was scolded. It was always, oh, well, you should pull your skirt down. Oh, your skirt, your skirt's too short. You're wearing makeup. You shouldn't be wearing lipstick. You're wearing inappropriate underwear or this, that and the other. And basically the narrative was always put on to the girl that you've invited this attention yourself, therefore you deserve it. And the boy or person who was doing uh, the assault or was the perpetrator in this particular incident is never sort of reprimanded, is never scolded, is never taught that these actions are wrong. And so from such a young age, you start to internalize these these things and think that you're inviting this behavior on if you dress in a certain way or if you wear makeup or if you look in any way provocative because that's the messaging that you've been told from a very young age. And that's really interesting you said because I was watching um, like a I think IG interview with Amber Rose. I don't know whether you've heard of her, but she she used to go out with Kanye West and um, and she she's she's very bold in the way she dresses and she's got this thing called a slut walk each each year to kind of um, basically shame these people that slut shame people, saying that oh you got raped because you're wearing a dress, or whatever. And she says that really interesting. She said. You know, if she, if you're lying in a bed, in bed with a man, it could even be your partner. Obviously, it could be your partner, it could be a one-night stand, whatever it is that you're doing. And he can have a condom on. And if you decide, if you say to him, um, I don't want to do this anymore, that's saying no. And that was really interesting, again, because you just brought up, I may destroy you in about rape and stuff. And, and I started to think, that, yeah, that there's so much education that young women, and even women our age and older, need to know about what sexual harassment is even in a in a, even in a, like a relationship setting totally. um because i don't think we get it and also in the way we dress and being told that we've invited this kind of thing and and even women ourselves slut shaming other women being like oh my god she looks and i've been guilty of doing this in the past so i can't even you know seeing a girl wearing like not you know not many clothes on and i'm like oh, gosh she needs to be careful she's gonna be and it's like why am i even thinking that way because mm. why can't, she can walk naked if she wants to that doesn't invite anyone to come you know when we see men topless we don't go up go up to them and start touching them um, touching their pets do we or like grabbing their cocks like we don't we don't do that but it's but um but if a woman's wearing a short skirt she's invited that attention and i remember one time when i was telling my friend the other day that i went to a club i don't know whether it was in uni or and i just walked into the club and this guy just came and kissed me i don't even know who he was yeah and i just remember being like oh my god did you see that and my friend's like oh my god he's so weird and then we just walked off 
Yeah. But right now, if that happened, I'd probably slap him in the face. <laughs> um, I probably actually definitely would. But you see, I wouldn't have been, I didn't want to do that when I was young because I was scared. And yeah. and it was so normal back then because boys in uni used to do stupid stuff like that, didn't they? They just like pull your skirt and they will be laughing. And, and I don't think they realize that that's sexual harassment as well. So I think we really do need to look at the solutions. Obviously, education, we've mentioned one. I think tighter um, social media, but what else um, do you think we need to be doing as women, as parents, as you know, schools, as men, you know, fathers? Yeah, I, I think you know, education is a huge, a huge one, but it's also just holding each other accountable in those situations, and especially some of those everyday situations that you've just mentioned. You know, at university, in groups of friends, in relationships with your family, and these are conversations that you can have every day, and they don't have to be, um, they don't have to be confrontational so much. They don't have to be heated, but they can just be questioning, and they can just be observations about the things that we just witness in our everyday lives and accept to be the normal thing and you know so much of it is just calling things out when you see something you know if you see something that you don't think is right or if you experience something yourself that you don't think is right you know call it out don't look away when someone else is experiencing something you know stand up for each other and support each other in those situations as well you know if you see something happening in a club that you don't think is very right you know, go up to that person and ask if they're okay. So much of this can be done with just having conversations with the people that you love and the people that you trust and calling out the things that you think are, you know, not okay. And, and for those people who are not aware of what sexual harassment or the extent of it, you know, obviously, other than following your work, um, what, can, what, what else can people be doing? Is there you know, how did you get so knowledgeable about this area? Because as we, as you said, it's not, it's not illegal. Um, you know, it's not, it's only now this movement is coming up and people are fighting sexual, because there's so many women issues that we have. I mean, this is just one of them, right? So what can people be doing to educate themselves? Just like with race, people are reading books and, you know, watching roots maybe. But yeah, how can people learn more about what sexual harassment is so that they're well equipped to handle these situations when they come across them? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it's just, it's pretty simple, really. And it's, it's sort of like listening to the women and the girls and the non-binary people in your life. It's asking questions. It's speaking to the people around you and just, you know, maybe finding out a bit more about someone else's lived experience that's different from your own. And, you know, I wasn't an expert. I still don't think of myself as one at all in this subject because it's something that I have just been learning through my own lived experience and the lived experience of other people who I meet on this journey and, and during this campaign. And as I said before, I went into this from a very artistic background and I still sort of consider myself a, a, more of an artist, I suppose, than an activist. But I think maybe those are leveling out more and more these days. And I, yeah, I, I kind of never thought that I'd have any authority or expertise on anything because I didn't train in this field or have, have I didn't read lots of feminist literature when I was at university I mean I barely even knew what feminist was when I was at university I was so uneducated about this particular thing that I'm sort of talking about every day now and the only reason I think I can talk on any authority about anything today is because I've just spoken to a lot of people and heard a lot of other people's experiences of harassment of assault 
um, and of, yeah, of this like normalized behavior. And I think if you don't have experience with this yourself and it's something that you would like to know more about but don't know how, there's obviously there's so many things you can do. You can watch programs uh, that platform stories like this, like Sex Education and I May Destroy You, Normal People. You know, there are so many programs now that platform these issues and talk about the varied, varied forms of consent and you know how important all of that is and there's books that you can read obviously and you can follow the amazing work of Laura Bates and Our Streets Now and there's so many different organizations out there who are tackling this issue from different different sides but honestly one of the most valuable things you can do and one of the most important things you can do is just speaking to the people in your life who have a different lived experience from you and that's what I would suggest I think there's this sorry Paris just two sex just one yeah, yeah. in my head so there's this quote by Nina Simone um that that just came to me whilst you were saying that you're an artist and an activist and so Nina Simone often spoke about how it's an artist's duty to reflect the times and I think you do that beautifully in your work um and I think that there are lots of artists like yourself and activists and and I think and and environmentalists and and economists and lawyers and I think I think it was beautiful right now is there are so many so many people in their industries that are reflecting the times and are really being very activist-y in what they're doing I think you are doing that really really well and it's very inspiring to see thanks so much for saying that that's really kind and what I was gonna say picking up from your previous point is um so because we, we, we had another podcast last week, we we're talking about violence against women and girls in Kenya um, and on the UK as well. And um, uh, I'm from Kenya, so I know this anyway, my, my mom has told me, but in the beginning of lockdown, there was lots of kids, which makes me so sick and so sad that were being becoming pregnant, basically, because their fathers or stepfathers were raping them. And obviously, you know, you must be dead or dumb, stupid mother to allow this to happen to your child so a lot of these mothers are aware of this is happening to their children and so they don't challenge these things and they kind of allow their children to be raped and what again is a triggering topic and, and and I don't know whether you have a solution but how can we help these girls how can if their mothers are not listening to them their aunties are not listening to them what can they do because this is happening you know around your community around your family and if sexual harassment isn't legal in this country, let's say we put it in a UK context, what do you do? So you talk to your friends, as you said, you know, talk, listen, and et cetera. So I go to my, I come to you, or I go to my mom and say, this is happening to me, but nobody says anything. People are just like, oh, they don't believe me. Because um, I think this is one of the reasons why people don't like to speak out about sexual harassment or rape or anything like this, because they're, they're scared that they're not going to be listened to, they're not going to be believed. Um, and so they suffer in silence, what can they do? Because as I say, in a Kenyan context, this has been happening as, you know, mothers actually allowing this to happen to their children. Mm -hmm. um, what can we do for these kids? I don't know, like, I, mean, I don't have a solution either. I would, I'd love to go and take them and bring them to my flat, but <laughs> can't do that. But um, what, can we, what, what needs to be done? Well, I mean, there's obviously so many so many parts of that um, to address and I think obviously depending on where you are in the world reporting things is is hard and people don't do it enough because of the system and the system has failed people time and time again 
it's still broken now and there's still such a such a low lack of reporting around around rape and, and assault and sexual harassment because the conviction rate is is so low uh, around around this area as, as well and so obviously we would all love to encourage people to report and report to the authorities and that's the kind of the main thing that we should be encouraging people to do but we also know that that's just not uh, a reality for a lot of people and that's not going to be possible for a lot of reasons and those reasons are hugely vary depending on you know culture and environment and upbringing and all of these different things and as we know we live in a society that doesn't you know really support uh, women and non-binary people when they speak out about assault and when they do speak out and have you know raise allegations against people and we've seen this even with the most high profile uh, cases that women just are not believed and they continue to not be believed and so if if it takes someone like Harvey Weinstein if it takes a hundred extremely high profile celebrities to call out you know one man then what chance and and even those people have just been systematically not believed and not believed and not believed time and time and time again then what's it going to take? You know, how are you supposed to feel as an individual or as a child even in a situation like that where you're up against someone who is older than you, who has more power than you, who is who you're under their authority of in, in some cases and you can just feel, you know, really powerless in those situations, you know, let alone if you're a celebrity with with lawyers behind you and, and, and lots of, you know, money and, and support online. But if you're just a, you know, an individual uh or you know quotation park quotation parks quotation marks normal person then it does it can feel extremely overwhelming and there's a lot to go up against and i think that's why it's so important to create these sort of communities where we can support each other online create other resources that aren't just government-based you know petition to change law petition to um yeah to, to make these to make these changes in government but there's also you know as well as these communities online there are actual really incredible charities that are doing the work and you know there are really really amazing organizations who are out there who can support you if you do need that support and you don't want to go to a policeman and you don't want to speak to a friend and you don't want to tell a family member um there are lots of amazing organizations like i can't think of Kenyan ones off the top of my head, but there's Refuge, Solace, Women's Aid, Rights of Women, um, and you know, please do put those in the show notes or link to those if anyone does need um, help from one of those charities. We will definitely, definitely link them in the show notes. And um, I also, Eliza, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about something that happened today. And I mentioned it. We mentioned it in the introduction briefly. This is um, you don't have to comment on this, but as we saw, we saw sexual harassment happen before our eyes on Good Morning Britain just this morning at 6.30 a.m. And that was when Piers Morgan commented on his co-anchor's skirt. As um, someone who's been working in this field for, for a while now and that activism is centred around this, how, what was your response to this? And what can we do about this going forward? <laughs> I mean, I was, comp- I was so I'm laughing, but it's not funny. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I almost laughed out loud when I saw that clip because I was so stunned at how brazen it was. You know, it's like first thing in the morning, not even 24 hours after International Women's Day, Piers Morgan asking his co-host to do a sort of twirl for him. And 
I was like blink. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like transported back to sort of nineteen fifties. It was absolutely amazing that that even aired. To be honest, I. That's the thing, though. It's so ingrained. It's so entrenched into into society that for some people, you know, they wouldn't even blink at that. But to a lot of to a lot of women who were just looking in the the co-host's eyes and seeing the sort of pain on her face, the sort of wincing and the that uncomfortable look, you know, in the eye, where it's just like, oh, why am I being put on the spot for this? You know, this observation that a random, you know, that a man has had about my appearance. You know, why am I having to justify myself or be on show for this person who's just decided to air a thought that could have just you know, kept that could have just been kept in your head. You know, that didn't no one needed to to hear that observation. And it's just little things like that that are examples of everyday harassment and the kind of of how sort of normal it is in society and how it's just yeah, a, a part of just a part of yeah, everyday sexism to be honest. Yeah, but he's really gross, isn't he? He's just a so big, gross. Big I mean, he is the worst person, one of the worst people um, on TV. And I think because he's like that, he's never held accountable. I think like we're all, Trump. Like, yeah, exactly. We're all just kind of like, oh, that's such a pierced thing to do. If it was somebody like... Imagine if Keir Starmer did that. Imagine. Yeah. Like... We'd be upset with them, but we wouldn't be upset with these uh, repeat offenders. You know, yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why he can't be held to account just because he's like in that category of so awful that actually he can't do anything that would be, you know, the most awful thing because everything he does is awful. So everyone just gives him a free pass. Yeah. Oh, that's Piers Morgan. That's his brand. But like, why well, can't just take him off TV? Like, I don't know. Just take him off. I, this is awful. Like his wife, you know, I, I would be horrified if my husband or my partner talk to women like that. I mean, I don't, I don't think we'd be together, uh, to be honest with you, because I'm basically condoning sexual harassment to other women. And, I, and, and what am I teaching the kids? You know, that dad can do these things and it's okay. And, and, and the self-esteem. So let's say you have a, you know, does he have girls? I don't know if he does, but the self-esteem, the issues they'll have, seeing their dad behave this way, they might go out with men who do these type of things. And then again, we normalize you know behavior of going out with abusers and people who you know do these things because that's what we our dads like that do you know what I mean it's, it's yeah. just it's that banter culture. It's that yeah. kind of football locker room. When I talk about football, I'm talking about men's football, women's football. I, I play women's football and the locker room is is, is fun. But the banter <laughs> is not on that kind of disgusting level. And I think I think that is I think that is changing. I can't speak um for Kenya, but I can know for the UK, it, I feel like that kind of you can't get away with banter as well as you could. I know Piers Morgan can to an sure extent Piers because Morgan. of his <laughs> fucking public yeah. profile but let's see hopefully not for long yeah hopefully we're, we're going to be getting rid of all these horrible men one by one i think it's really hotting up in the kitchen i think we're all becoming very well we're having to be made accountable more than before and and i think even women so obviously we're a women's rights organization but i always think it's we both think it's important to to be holistic and measured and, and how in our outlets on male hating campaign <laughs> But, you know, it's also people knowing that sexual harassment can happen to men too, right? It's not just, I remember I was watching Come Dine With Me and this, this older lady was flirting with this really handsome French young guy and 
And he was like, can you stop? Like, cause every day she was like touching his hand and like flirting him, making him uncomfortable. And then in a confession, he says, you know, if, if, if the shoe was on the other foot, people would be shouting at me. So why is everyone allowing her to, con- to just constantly? And I think it's important that we also say that, yeah, this happens to men too, right? Eliza? It happens to people of all genders, of course. Yeah. You know, it happened it's a sexual harassment is a deeply intersectional issue. It happens to trans people, it happens to non-binary people, it happens to men, it happens to women, it happens to everyone. Um and it's something that needs to be addressed and looked at from all angles, that's for sure. Yeah. Thank you. And so our final question um is, and we ask everybody this, um, so if you had a magic wand. Uh, how would you change the world through a feminist lens? Oh, big question. <laughs> no <Okay>. pressure. <laughs> yeah. So if I had a magic wand, how would I change the world through a feminist lens? I suppose I would wish that women were just treated as autonomous, equal individuals with lives and decisions and rights of their own rather than just a product a side product uh, or an afterthought very very beautifully put eliza thank you for that um i hope that is soon to come i think this international women's day and all the ones after it let's hope that it just become we don't need it anymore because we have we are autonomous and we are autonomous anyway but the rest of the patriarchal world realizes that. Um, Paris, what were you gonna say? Yeah, I was saying that like, I really wish that you can achieve that. <laughs> we'll support you. Um, because that's definitely something that we we want to to see and that's why we're doing what we're doing. And, and so promoting people like you and working with you and supporting you is what, is the only way, us coming together as women, because I find that sometimes women don't always come together, but I think as time is moving on, we are, because we're all very angry about the same thing, right? And we just really need to promote and support each other and, and educate the men in our lives about women's rights, I think, and, and, and in the workplace and just speaking out. I think that's the only way we're going to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's been really great having you. It's been really eye-opening and educational and I hope our listeners, you know, really listen to what you said and, and, and carry this on in their, in their personal lives and, and they're aware and particularly in saving other people's lives, you know? Yeah, like Call support. it out when you see it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing know, as well. In the workplace, it doesn't matter. I think we're all kind of more braver now. I certainly am more in the workplace. If I see something, I'm like, mm, because I think, you know, you could save someone's life. I know that sounds extreme, but it is, you know, uh, like you said, just going up to someone saying, are you okay? You don't have to deal with the, the, the perpetrator. You just go to the, the victim and, mm-hmm. and help them. Um, so yeah really great having you yeah and Eliza is there anything that you'd like to plug um anything that you're doing right now that you want our listeners to do in terms of action uh yeah sure so as we were talking about it before street harassment being made illegal I think if you haven't already signed the our streets now petition to make street harassment illegal then please do because I think that is yeah, really, really, really important. I'd also like to plug my podcast, the Cheer Up Love podcast, um, which is available yeah on all platforms. And then Cheer Up Love, which is my Instagram account, and that's spelled L-U-V. Wicked. Thank you so much, Eliza, for joining us. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you, hear you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.